Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 31. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky Delavero. And I'm Japheth the Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today, middle of the week, which is always phenomenal. Excited about that. And uh, and actually sad as well because it's well, like middle of the week. My goodness, this passage deserves a whole month at least, uh, not just a week. But let me pray. Heavenly Father, bless us. Give us your wisdom, your grace, and understanding as we unfold this passage in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm reading today Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23 in the New Testament for Everyone, the NTE, subheading in praise of Jesus Christ. He is the image of God, the invisible one, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created in the heavens and here on the earth. Things we can see and things we cannot, thrones and lordships and rulers and powers. All things were created both through him and for him. And he is a head prior to all else, and in him all things hold together. And he himself is supreme, the head over the body, the church. He is the start of it all, firstborn from the realms of the dead, so in all things he might be the chief. For in him all the fullness was glad to dwell, and through him to reconcile all to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, yes, things on the earth and also the things in the heavens. Subheading, reconciled and firm in faith. So what about you? Well, there was a time when you were excluded. You were enemies in your thinking and in wicked behavior, but now he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death in order to bring you into his presence holy, blameless, and without any accusation. This assumes, of course, that you keep firmly on in the faith, by which I mean solid on your foundations and not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard. This gospel, after all, has been announced in all creation under heaven, and this is the gospel of which I, Paul, became a servant." Great, great. All right, here's our question for today then. Um, And what do you think the phrase making peace through the blood of the cross, what do you, uh, sorry, what do you do with the phrase making peace through the blood of the cross? And what does it mean that the only way is Jesus full stop, all full stop? And what would you say to someone who loves Jesus but has no tribal commitment? Okay. So those are three different questions. Yeah. They're kind of related, but they're each separate. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about this phrase, making peace through the blood of the cross. Yeah. Um, I mean, what what do you do with the phrase, making peace through the blood of the cross? Is that like, a, again, is that something that's ridiculous? Is that something that's like, you know, just uh, too far-fetched? Is it something that's outrageous? Does it make total sense? Is it? I don't know what it means. Yeah. Making peace with who? And so, and so when, let's who look. Who is at, making peace? Let's look at the is text. Is it me? Then, is we? it Jesus? Is it who's doing the, the making of the peace? Well, Jesus is the one who's doing this. Who's making peace. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But now he, verse 22 of the text is this, but now he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death in order to bring you into his presence, holy, blameless, and without accusation. So what Paul is saying here is that what Jesus did at the cross is reconciliation. Uh, a world where we were separated, uh, a promise that was, you know, where death was going to defeat us. And he says, look, I did this. I, I, Jesus, this is what Jesus did. He reconciled us through his death 
on the cross there. And I think it's, a, it's a just a difficult thing for some people to process the blood of the cross there and, and what does that actually mean to people. So some people are uncomfortable and they never talk about it and some people just get the little cross and they hang it around the neck. And Which part are they uncomfortable with? The entire argument of like how salvation takes place? Could or be. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that is a confusing thing. I mean, like why it has to be. I mean, people go over and over this because there's nothing about it that's particularly intuitive or straightforward or like, yeah. yes, this is obviously the way that it has to be. It's yeah. like, well, I don't know. Does it have to be? I mean... Yeah, and, and I wonder. think that, and I think there's a lot of time that we can spend on like yes. why it had to be, and, and I know. I mean, or, or it's kind could of a waste be. of time in and a way. In some ways, yeah, it is. In some ways, there is the reality that it actually did take place, and and there is the the reality that death is defeated, and and that this is. I mean, this is why this text is just like packed out with so much inside so it. So, how do you relate this to the idea of? the only way being Jesus and then secondly needing to have tribal commitment by that I think you mean denominational mm-hmm. affiliation mm-hmm. so how, what's the connection between those I think things? that if you if you embrace that Jesus is supreme and sufficient uh, all sufficient mm-hmm. um, and if you embrace that that he is the one who reconciles us that God Father Son Spirit all three are in, engaged in this, this ultimate ultimate plan to bring us back into a living relationship with them I think that that is what it entails to say that we believe in Jesus full stop, all full stop, is that the Godhead, uh, they love us and they want to restore us. And I think that there is a response that's needed for this. And so I think it's it's easy today, I think, for, for, for some people to say, I, I like the idea of God or I like the idea, I, I even love God, but church, I don't know, I just, do I need church? Do I need a tribal affiliation? Well, I don't here's know. here's a question. Suppose somebody faithfully goes to church they go every single week yes but they don't go to the same church every single week maybe they have six or seven different churches Mm -hmm. and they cycle Mm -hmm. between those so in that vein they don't exactly have a tribal commitment they They do clearly have a church commitment they're Mm -hmm. committed to the practice of going to church yeah i would i would say that they what they are is a consumer is that what they are yeah it's interesting because then what i'm trying to think is what the whole commitment thing is about like if I'm committed to eating healthy groceries, I could go to King Supers or Safeway or Whole Foods mm-hmm. or Sprouts, for instance. Mm-hmm. I could go to all four of those stores. Mm-hmm. I could take turns in the ones I go and to. You now, now the stores themselves, they want me to have a loyalty card, obviously, yes. and they give me perks and advantages the more that I shop there. Yes. So there's something in it for them for me to have loyalty. And but is there anything in it for me in terms of my healthy, like my goal, which is to eat more salad or whatever my goal is? Is there anything what you're looking for. If I'm looking for salad, <laughs> well, I could find would, the salad then why, at any why one why of go those to a stores. Store? I don't know. Maybe one of them has a different special this week. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they have buy one, get one free. And I This week, maybe this week I happen to be in that neighborhood, yeah. so it's easier. I mean, there yeah. could be a lot of reasons that I don't consistently go to the same store. I've, yeah. Those things are all true, what I just said. That is my shopping yeah. behavior. So I'm just saying, is there a way that you could do the same thing with church and that not be... I get where the church wouldn't like it, but would it be a problem for you? Would it be a problem for me? The fact that you're kind of not... You being the churchgoer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you being the church well, in this I think, case. I think there's a difference between going and consuming, going and buying things, and if the church is just a place that you go to go grab stuff and, and you know consume, then sure enough, go to every single one. That's why there are consumers. 
Well, are you sure that's a consumer though? I mean, obviously I in my so. I think that analogy, the, what, it is a consumer that you're buying yeah, food. And but I think people that, have to buy food. It's not like they do, but there's no there's no need for them to be in one particular store. But if they want to consume and they go to different ones, they can. The issue with tribal commitment is that we're not looking for people just to come and receive. We're looking for people to actually help each other, to actually be the store owner. To, oh, okay, to what if say, you go I to these want to shape this store six or to, seven churches and you cycle through them and every single one you volunteer. You do something that helps. You're not just a yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, that's why what if I think you that's are why involved? people should marry not one person but fifteen people, and they should have, you know, they should just have yeah, like, you know, but is there like, a difference between <laughs> there those is. things? There's a reason why people commit to like one person. They commit to one church there because is, but you grow. I think people shy away from it because the accountability is too much. Well, or maybe they like the variety of having more friends. Suppose every one of the seven churches that you go to only has like 10 people in it. Then, then in a way, it would be the equivalent them. of having like one church, one small church. I think actually church is about, uh, it's about 12 people. Um, it's about the, the gathering that happens in the middle of the week. Not I don't know. Just, I mean, I'm kind of playing devil's on, advocate I know, here. I, I like going to the same old church all the time, and I don't go to six or seven different churches because that would be yeah. exhausting and <laughs> kind of a waste of time, I think. But, um, but I think... I think there is a call to to us to belong and to be invested and to shape it. And that's what they're asking with the store metaphor that you were looking at is that uh, I think that that's what you would do. You would say, I go to this one store. I'm committed to the store. I'm actually going to help to make the store better. Well, except I'm like, I'm sorry. Then. I'm not ever going to be committed to a store. I mean, give me a break. If the store was <laughs> needed. Just... If the store was needed. But I think that that's why the metaphor breaks down, right? So that's why we should focus on the church real issue which is you know if you're going to go to church you should commit to a congregation commit to that tribe and say i actually want to be part of this and i want to shape this but look our time's up so a lot to talk about and a lot to to process so let me just repeat it one more time uh what do you do with the phrase making peace through the blood of the cross and what does it mean that the only way is jesus full stop all full stop and what would you say to someone who loves jesus but has no tribal commitment Think about that, look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you, and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.